When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Hope your weekend was fantastic. Back and running on a Monday. It's Hale Varsity Radio. Presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. And uh, we are loaded up. We will have, dare I say it, a Searles sighting. Coming up here at 425. Uh, our favorite Viking and Buffalo Bill, Jeremiah Searles. Will be with us at 425. Tee off for Treasures. Fundraiser and uh, Tyson's Treasure Chest uh, Golf Tournament, the eighth annual golf outing at uh, Woodland Hills coming up Saturday. We are there live, 7 to 9, Saturday morning uh, from Tee Off for Treasures. Excited about that. And uh, we'll, t- we'll talk some ball, but we'll also talk uh, fighting pediatric cancer with Jeremiah Searles here at 425, hour two. Charlie McBride, Mr. Blackshirt, will join us. Coach McBride, another Monday with Charlie. We have some thoughts on the AD search. There's been plenty written, plenty said. Where is this thing at three weeks later? Some takes that aren't cold nor hot. We'll just see how right they are. Or we'll just go Nixon tape and and make them right. Uh, we'll dive in there. Husker baseball uh, getting a, a big thumbs up here with the draft today. With uh, Schwelly going to Atlanta and Cade Povich going to the Twins in the third round. Elijah's been working hard, and we'll have a Povich sighting sometime this week. We're also uh, in contact with Ben Stilley and JoJo Doman. I know they did some awesome work with Hale Varsity's podcast with Derek Peterson. We'll run those guys down. This. We're at Haymarket Park Thursday, which will be outstanding. So some in-studio and some out-of-studio this week. Numbers to dial us up, 46637. 76-466-3776-800-825-5865. can email chris at hailvarsity.com. Give us a follow. Find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio, Chris Schmidt, or at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. So, yay or nay, you paid for the McGregor fight or you mooch the McGregor fight? Um... I had friends come together and we split the charge of it, but so you've been Venmoed, you've been made whole. Yes, yeah, yeah. It, it came up to only like five bucks for me. It was, it was all right. Uh, the problem was, was I provided food, which so you, get, you just you took a for. bath there. Oh, I. I uh, what about booze? Booze, I, I bring made, your own. I, I made the food, so I was gifted with booze. So we okay, were good there. So, so you're even. So it, it all worked out you're in the even end. Even and, and it's five. And I got the chance on Saturday to make some pork belly burnt ends. Okay, and they were phenomenal. See, we did. Uh, my mom, Joe Mama, did brisket. Mm. Two seven pound briskets. Yeah, that sounds delicious. What I'll say about the pork belly burnt ends, they were good. But it was a lot of prep work because I bought them skin on and the recipe needs them to be skin off. So I was going through and trying to de-skin them with, I have dull knives at Isn't home. everything better with skin? 
You would think. You would think, but I guess whenever you're doing the burn ends, it gets all like uh, tough and hard to right. chew. You don't want to chip a tooth. Yeah, and, and the weird thing was, was as I was cutting through, I realized that there were nipples on there. Oh, no. <laughs> they were like... <laughs> so I'm taking the skin off, and usually I'm like, nipples rock. Well, I was like, "What's except, the except <laughs> except when when you're trying to fire up burn ends?" Yeah. And I'm like, no. "What's this little skin tag doing here?" And oh. I realized that's not a skin tag. <laughs> wow. See, Junior, before he like grew up, he'd call them nibbles. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I never thought I'd say we'd be talking nipples on a Monday at 410. Wow. Uh, yes. Yeah, so duly noted. <laughs> Next time I do... Uh, Anything with a pork belly by pork, skin pork, off. Pork belly, yes. No, we are going to do uh, brisket tacos later mm. because there's still some brisket left over. It was great. Uh, let's talk Rob Childress. That was the news yesterday. Uh, Rob Childress thought about taking a year off. Good story from the World Herald in 24-7. And uh, you have that that time after your time away. And uh, incredible career, 16 years at A&M for Big Rob. And uh, when push comes to shove, uh, deep down, there was no option for him taking time off. Hello, Nebraska baseball. Hello, Rob Childress coming on back home. And hello, the fact that... Um, when I think of development and excellence and what Nebraska baseball became with Van Horn and with Childress, specifically what Nebraska baseball became on the mound, I, I always smile about Rob Childress. And I, I can't be happier for this baseball program. I can't be happier for, uh, you know, him and Will Bolt and all, you know everyone's connected. I mean, you had Will that that worked for Rob, um, which which is awesome. Uh, you have uh, Jeff Christie that was at A and M with Rob, and you have Lance Harvey. I mean, they all have connections. There's it's a family atmosphere. It's a family comfort level. Remember when Will Bolt signed his extension a couple of weeks ago, and it was a hundred grand. Right, he's extended. Here's his bump. It's a thousand. It's a hundred. It's a hundred thousand dollars, which isn't a small number. And and he's you know in the within the top three of the Big Ten earnings. But did we, I, I don't know about you, but I was like, eh, I thought he'd get more. Well, he may, and he, and he will get more. He keeps doing what he's doing. But I wonder if Will Bolt was able to say, all right, I'm going to take a little little less now. Let's get Rob back in the fold to just make our arms second to none, not just in the Big Ten, but regionally, and when push comes to shove, nationally in the future against an Arkansas or against somebody of of clout in a regional or super regional or, dare I say, Omaha, because that's the last time uh, Rob Childress was in Lincoln was in 05. Let's let's take a little less now, and when – when the time comes, let's bring Rob Childress in. Maybe a year, maybe for longer, right? Rob's done well. He's been an incredible head coach. He's back in Lincoln. And it's not a situation where, you're. yes, you're technically working for somebody, but the relationship's strong enough to be able to go work with somebody that's now your boss, who you've mentored, right? And that that says a lot about all parties involved, and this is incredible. This is game-changing. Kendall Rogers, the first to report it. 
And Kendall Rogers is your national baseball guy who is is wowed by it. Great. We're still wowed by it because I don't know about you, Elijah, but I remember that 05 team very well. I remember the arms. I remember uh, how good Jabba was. And I remember how good Jabba was when he was working with Rob and those two together turned turned a guy that's got grit and determination into that first-round talent with a really nice major league career. You look at Rob Childress and how all over in-state and regionally he has been on top of the natural connection in Texas to being able to get arms and talent. Uh, so this is, this is a program that's great that is working to to have sustained greatness. We can say they were a great baseball team last year with their games over 500 with what they did and with how they pushed Arkansas. But they they, uh, they went game changer on us yesterday with the addition of Rob Childress. And the, the story I have about Rob Childress is uh, from a, a guy who went to high school with me. His name's Nolan Hoffman. Okay. And he ended, up going, he ended up going to a community college after high school. He had no Power 5 offers or anything like that. Uh, so he went off to community college and did all right. And, and he got a chance down at Texas A&M. Um, because, you know, Texas A&M is kind of Huskerland South. I guess now Nebraska is kind of Aggieland North. But Rob Rob kept his, his antenna and radar up in Lincoln. Yeah, so he was off at Hutch Community College, mm-hmm. goes down to Texas A&M, and uh, from what the coaches said, he was the worst pitcher they had in the staff there at Texas A&M. Uh, during fall ball, he was terrible. So through the winter, what they did was they changed him. They're like, I think you can do a sidearm delivery. This is kind of the, the pitching genius that he has. Where they This sit, is the development part. Yeah, they changed him to a sidearm delivery in the wintertime, came out in the spring, and nobody could hit him. That's awesome. So they put him at the closing spot. He allowed something crazy, like only three runs all year. And after not having a Power 5 offer out of high school, goes through community college and got a chance to Texas A&M. Didn't get drafted out of uh, JUCO either. Goes to Texas A&M after one year, became a second-round draft pick, uh, and is off playing professional baseball now. That's so cool. That, that, that's just, that tweak. Yeah, that's just that, that little, the, the, I, I don't want to say genius, but kind of the genius, the development he has of pitchers Can you is project? incredible. Is, is he saw how this guy was built, how his delivery looked and said, I think you're going to be better as a sidearm pitcher. And three months after changing his delivery, the kid was already almost unhittable among the Texas A&M lineup. Damn it, if we're talking second round money, I'm going to get Junior in front of him. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know this kid. He's your paper boy. Uh, what do you think of his motion? You think he can do a sidearm delivery. Yeah, what do you think of his <laughs> overhand with the paper? What do you think of his sidearm delivery? <laughs> but no, that that's a really cool story. That 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 absolutely emphasizes what we're talking about here. And uh, it's it's pretty big time uh, to the here and now with uh, with Povich and Swelly. Listen, with Swelly going to uh, to Atlanta, second round, pick number fifty nine. You've had different camps on Schwellenbach, and the camps have either been guys going to be incredible as back end relief or mid relief. Maybe you look at him as a starter. We'll see where he's defined on the hill or. Hey, we like his. We think his bat can come along, and we think he can play at a high level uh, on the infield. I mean, those are your camps. I mean, either he's a great he, defensive shortstop. Yes, either we like his arm better, and we think there's there's more investment and potential there, or we're going to use him as position guy, um, and and we think his bat can come along. We'll see where Atlanta goes, but I would think Atlanta zero in on on him being 
a beast out of either the bullpen or where he can go. So I, I think, you know, kudos to Schwelly. Congrats to him on a, on a big time, uh, you know, dream coming true, getting drafted uh, like he did uh, by Atlanta a pick later. <laughs> You've got Cade Povich. And, and, and Povich is a guy that really, wow, both these guys were so important to Nebraska baseball. But with Povich being your your Friday night guy, your go-after-it, your power guy, uh, with with the, the starts he had, the big games he performed in, this is really cool. And it's really cool with his story uh, from JUCO, to to where he's at now and kind of similar to your buddy Hoffman where you got to come in prove it and then and then once you get your shot at Nebraska you thrive and and Povich absolutely did twins good for Minnesota and uh, I love the fact that he's going to be not far away to be able to see uh, someday we hope with him getting to the show and for him to uh, to go as soon as he did that's incredible he was thinking late third or early fourth round and to go as soon as he did in the third, that's awesome. And he was now, a- it sucks that Nebraska's not going to have Povich back, but bigger and better, good for him. I mean, we don't know he's not going to be back, but let's be honest, he's not going to be back. No, if you go third round. I mean, if you go third round, you take that money. You take that money. Well, what was shocking to me was he went ahead of Kevin Copps. Yeah. Kevin, well, Kevin Copps is a pick later, but still. But well, Kevin Copps is incredible. He's pitcher of the year. And Cade Povich, I, I know the the majors love the lefties. Mm-hmm. Um, they love the velocity he had. I mean, they probably just flipped on the tape of the Michigan game, saw the immaculate ending, and said, "All right, we're drafting that kid." <laughs> but I mean, Kevin Copps was ridiculous. Um, he's uh, he's a money middle relief guy for Arkansas. He also came in and closed games for him. I mean, his sinker slash two seamer that he has is just ridiculous. And the the fact that Cade Povich went ahead of him, I think is awesome for Cade. And I think it, it speaks a lot to what his development in the majors could be uh, from that lefty arm slot. Well, for him to go to the Padres, right? That's nice. I saw a, a story earlier today on, you know, what's, what's the, what's the, not damage, what's the baggage. And those are wrong terms, but that's what's coming. Why? Why? Why is why is a guy like Cops falling? I mean, d- doesn't he scream first round to you? Does he scream top ten to you? And no, is is the answer? I don't I don't get it. Unless they're looking at oh, you're running him out here for another two hundred pitch performance. I don't know that he's had arm you know beyond arm trouble, but it's just isn't it just kind of baffling why 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 is he going pick 99 well i see him going out there doing these 200 pitch performances and i'm not a major league scout by any means but i look at that and go yeah that dude can come right in and be in a, a closing pitcher he can go throw 20 pitches every single night and he's got one of those elastic arms that just keeps on bouncing back that's what i see there and i'm no major league scout don't take my word here don't say oh elijah herbal says he can be a closer mm-hmm. so he's going to be a closer i have no idea what i'm talking about but that's just what i see i mean i've watched a lot of baseball through my years and i see a guy that can just bounce back like that on short rest and come back in and still be a money pitcher and I, I it just screams closer to me so I, I don't get it either and his movement's just ridiculous off the charts what he can do to make guys swing and miss I mean he's got a three-headed cutter he drinks beet juice and he likes to play catch with his golden doodle so maybe from a person your personality doesn't have to be Don Draper all right <laughs> it can be a little bit free-spirited and uh you know what San Diego's smiling right now with cops. I mean, he was he was incredible. But that's not you, John. On we don't always talk 
uh, Major League Baseball draft. But it's been a while since you've had so many Huskers or, or Nebraska ties. All really kind of kicked off by the Rob Childress news yesterday. Tip of the cap to Povich and Swelly. Schwelly, uh, of course, going second to around 59th overall. We have plenty to get into when it comes to uh, some Nebraska football projections. And, of course, uh, Tyson's TreasureChest.org. Tee off for Treasures. So Searle's going to join us here uh, for much of the next hour. We'll dive into some football. Some AD thoughts here. We're going on three weeks. Will an announcement come soon? Who's been vetted? Who's been interviewed? Who should be interviewed if they haven't been? And who's not in the picture anymore? Who may be moving from Omaha down to Lincoln? We'll talk about it shortly. Great to be with you on a Monday. Elijah Herbal in, Chris Schmidt, it's Hale Varsity Radio. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Give us a find on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio at Herbal Essence. Without further ado, uh, Jeremiah Searles next on Hale Varsity. He's in his 30s, but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hale Varsity Radio. I got the body of a taut, preteen Swedish boy. Back into it, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. I always love talking with one of my favorite Husker offensive linemen. Jeremiah Searles is with this longtime NFLer. Searles, what is up, man? Uh, how's life treating you? You know, life is good, Schmitty. I've been traveling all over the place this summer, recruiting for my agency that I've been building for the NFL stuff, and get to take a test here at the beginning of August. I've been studying away for that. I got the two little ones at home. My son turns two on the 20th of this month, and then my daughter's going to be four months old on the 17th. So things are just cruising right along here. We got three dogs now, so we stay busy over here in the Searles household. Three dogs, two little ones, uh, an agency football coverage. Man, It's sounds like you are keeping busy. We're so happy uh, that things are rocking for you. Uh, we'll get into some football. We'll get into some agency discussion. But, uh, Jeremiah, you know what? I've known you a long time, and uh, the 8th Annual Tee-Off for Treasures gets going at Woodland Hills Saturday, 8 o'clock, Shotgun Start, Hale Varsity Radio Roadshow Saturday, we'll be out at Woodland Hills for Tee Off for Treasures uh, with the weekend edition. And, man, this, this thing's continued to grow. There's continued to be research dollars donated. There's also continued to be lost golf balls. But, man, it's it's been so awesome. And reset, folks, Tyson's story and your connection. Yeah, so 2011, Tyson and his mom, Liz, and his dad, Austin, were able to come, and he had brain cancer and one of his final wishes or make a wish at that point was he wanted to tour the Husker facility and meet some Husker players. So there's a big group of us. I mean, myself, Rex, Amir, Ben Cotton, Will Compton, Tyler, Taylor Martinez, Jordan Westing. I mean, there was just a Kenny Bell, a huge group of guys that came out through the life skills department for that. And I actually got to lift him up so he could touch the horseshoe on his way out of the locker room and out of his wheelchair you got to stand and play some catch with Taylor Martinez, which was amazing. And I just had an instant connection with Liz and Austin. And I was able to stay in contact with them. And when they called me and told me that Tyson had actually passed away, uh, it hit me really, really hard um, to the point where I told our life skills department, like, hey, I don't think I can do any more of those kid visits because this is just really, really hard on me. And they, we stayed in touch throughout the rest of my college career. And then as I got into the NFL – 
we also stayed in touch. They then asked if my wife and I wanted to be on the board of directors for the uh, foundation of Tyson's Treasures, and we said yes. And so we've now been on the board for three or four years now, I believe it is. I think we're up for return here soon. But now we're in the eighth annual golf tournament that we're kicking off at Woodland Hills. And we've gone from about five years ago, we were getting our final signups at the door the day of, to we sold out in less than 48 hours this year. Wow. So the event has really taken off. People love supporting the event. We have a great time, very gracious out at Woodland Hills. And as always, our great friends at Lazari's are catering in lunch again and helping with that and supporting the cause there. So a huge shout out to Seth and those guys at Lazari's as well. Now, Seth and Gregors take care of it. The folks at Woodlands are incredible. And uh, the, the, the fundraising that goes on, when we talk about treasures, uh, let's dive into those treasures, Searles. And that is for other uh, little boys and little girls that are battling uh, horrific circumstances uh, with such uh, warrior hearts. Uh, and, and the treasures speak to... To, to what goes in to make a child stay a little bit better? The whole idea behind Tyson's treasure chest is Austin and his folks build uh, toy boxes, mm-hmm. toy chests. And we raise money to fill those toy chests with toys so that when people come in for chemo or when kids come into the, they have to stay a while at the cancer facility or the children's mm-hmm. hospitals we want to have toys that they can take to their rooms and it be theirs not something they have to give back not something they can borrow it is their toy and so that started we now are in every children's hospital in omaha we're looking to expand to maybe minneapolis we're now looking to kind of now that we have the lincoln omaha area nebraska area filled we want to start expanding because we were lucky enough that the year before covid we raised almost thirty thousand dollars at the golf tournament and last year with COVID, we threw it together in about four weeks because we didn't even know if anything was going to be open. We were able to raise almost $10,000. Mm-hmm. So we have money that comes in. Every dollar that goes into foundation, every dollar that goes into the kids, the research or into toys or whatever, it's a full nonprofit. Um, and I just couldn't be happier to be a part of it and really excited to go play some golf this Saturday. Well, the 8th Annual Tee Off for Treasures, it is sold out, but you can still donate uh, funding for sure, not only uh, for those toy boxes, for the kids, uh, they can have that toy while they're undergoing treatment, but also money for research, Tyson'sTreasureChest.org, where you log on. And, Searles, uh, this has uh, been near and dear to your heart. You laid out your connection and friendship uh, with Tyson. Uh, you also did something special during your NFL career and uh, during different parts of a season. You have uh, the NFL that allowed specialty cleats, and I know... Uh, you had a pair auctioned off here not long ago. Well, you, you did uh, your your specialized cleats uh, were uh, in in honor of of Tyson, correct? Correct. Yeah. So they have my cleats, my cause in the NFL, which is where you get to customize one week, customize a cleat of uh, however you want. You can get it spray painted. So I sent it off to a guy who does great custom cleats. He did a lot of the Vikings guys. Um, like I said, that when I was with the Bills and. Got the full gray and gold and the logo and the whole bit put on there. And I wore them for warm-ups so that they didn't get beat up for much. And uh, it was now, I, think, I don't think it was quite long. I think we're saving them for something, but they're definitely something that I wanted to do to just continue to show my support and continue to show how much this cause really is important and invested into me. Jeremiah Searles with us, Hale Varsity Radio, tee off for Treasures, the 8th Annual uh, tee off for Treasures, Woodland Hills, Saturday, 
uh, 8 o'clock shotgun start. We're sold out, but uh, you can still donate uh, to Tyson's TreasureChest.org. Cyril's going to switch gears, talk some ball with you. And uh, you were a part of this man uh, as a guy who played early and had a good run in Lincoln and then obviously NFL. What's your uh, what's your temperature here on the upcoming season just as far as the feedback and the the excitement level? I mean, wh- how are you kind of viewing this year, man? You know, I'm looking at this year as I can definitely see from the spring game and from some stuff that I've heard around that there's marked improvement in every area. Mm-hmm. And now I don't necessarily think that means that it's a 10-win season coming up, but I think marked improvement means six or seven wins, mm-hmm. and I'm very okay with that. Um, I could see them six and six, seven and five this year, really having some good outings and good showing, maybe losing a couple close games to good teams, but beating who we're supposed to beat. And I can just see that because I think that the leadership that's back on defense with JoJo and Ben Stilley and Cam Taylor Britt and those guys is enormous. And then you got some actual really solid wide receivers and mm-hmm. weapons for Adrian and Samari Toure and Omar Manning and Travis Volkolek and Austin Allen and Oliver Martin. Like the fact that I can name five or six guys that are legit receiving threats is pretty neat. And so I'm excited for that. And the one question mark that I'm looking at this committee is really one on each side of the ball. Who's going to be RB1 mm-hmm. and who's going to be the true pass rusher that does it so we don't have to blitz every third down? So you want to know who's carrying the football, and you want to know who's a who's a high level single digit or double digit sack guy. Correct. <laughs> you, you, me, and the state, brother. You're right on. <laughs> you're right on with that. Let me ask you about the running game because you had you had Rex and you had Amir running behind you, and you had Roy. Okay. You had Roy. Yeah. So you had those three, and they've been the backs of Nebraska, quite honestly, post Amon Green. Okay, I mean, that's that's just, that's the level they were at, and that's the level Amon was at. But what's that do from a, from a chemistry standpoint, where your line was good, you're in, the, you know, there's lots of NFL guys from your line, from your era, uh, that you played with. You had really good offensive lines, but you also had really good running backs. That one, two, punch so to speak it, it makes it easier on the line it also doesn't it make it easier on the running back I mean is that element possible for Nebraska this year to have a back to kind of raise the level of the line or, or the line raise the level of the running back who's carrying the ball yeah absolutely I think that it goes it's a little bit of twofold I mean, for example when you knew you had Rex or Amir back there you knew we knew that like all we need to do is give these guys a sliver of a hole and they're going to make someone miss and there's a chance this can go the distance and that's always in every single running play you have that in your mind like these dudes are good enough that if i just do my job enough i don't have to move this guy 20 yards and plant him in the dirt i just have to move him six inches off the ball and keep my gap then these dudes can make it work and i think rex and them had trust in us too like hey, I know this offensive line is going to do what they're supposed to do. I'm going to keep it pushed front side instead of trying to cut back too early. Or if it's power, I'm going to be in the A-gap. I'm not going to try and bounce from the outside. Like Just trusting that all of us were working together is really important. Now you look at the other way. If you have a young back, the offensive line goes, hey, we might have to hold our blocks just a little bit longer. Hey, we might just have to give this guy a half-second read longer because he is young. But you build all that chemistry during training camp. Because during spring ball, it's a lot of young guys getting reps. It's a lot of throwing guys in, kind of seeing where everyone's at. But training camps where you build the chemistry, training camps where you get a feel for who's doing what, 
day in and day out, practice in and practice out, and you start just kind of rolling with the same five guys up front and the same running back, the hot hand. And I do think it's going to be a little bit of a running back by committee piece to start the year, but that's okay until someone really just takes the reins and emerges and says, no, I'm RB1 and this is happening. Jeremiah Searles with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Of course, uh, tee off for Treasures, the eighth annual Tyson's uh, Treasure Chest Golf Outing fundraiser uh, auction, of course, uh, at Woodland Hills. Searles, uh, with the, uh, the the committee thing, that can work, but there's also that, that gray area of, of either knowing when to pull a guy or leave a guy in to get lathered up. That's That's difficult, isn't it? Especially when you're trying to figure out all right, what can we run? What do we run well? What does our line do well? Who can go execute it? I, I feel better with you telling me about the training camp chemistry build where it doesn't have to be necessarily a spring thing. You can get it done in the fall. Because I think they've got some bodies to run the ball, don't you? Yeah, I mean, I mean, you talk about Savion Morrison. Um, you talk about Reed, who was injured most of spring, but we still think he got a chance. The Gabe Irving kid, um, I think he's going to be a really special talent. He's just young. So it, those young guys, it's hard to – when they show that they look apart, it's hard to not just want to play them, but they need their chance to body so they don't get banged up because they're just not used to it. Uh, 12 games is a lot coming mm-hmm. from high school to college, and you're playing against grown-ass men. <laughs> so I think that that's one thing that we need to look at. But, yeah, I mean, there's plenty of horses in the stable, I mean, if that's how you want to call it, and that's how I view it. But it is a lot of trust in, hey, okay, this is we're going to give you the first half. Like, prove to us in the first half you can be the guy. If not, we're going to give someone else a shot. I don't think it can be a here's a series, here's a series, here's a series. Like, it's going to have to be a half or maybe a game even to see if these dudes can really get everything off the ground and running or if it's time to move to the next guy. It's Jeremiah Searles. More with Searles next segment on Hale Varsity. And we're back. Fellas, I think we could... Listen to the radio. On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Jeremiah Searles with us, Hale Varsity Radio. How good do you feel about the line? And I know we've seen just a snippet of of Turner, but Rutgers looked really good. You've got guys who've either started or played a a number of snaps on top of the, the Pipers and Ben Hart's that... Uh, really, you know, have a lot of upside. And, of course, uh, Cam's back snapping the ball, and, and he's a grizzled vet here. What do you think of this line here uh, as you look at it? Uh, I think Greg Austin's got to be excited, doesn't he? Yeah, I mean, I think Greg's got to be excited. I think this is the first year he's going to actually have some depth. I mean, you look across the board, he's got some guys with starting experience that might not be starters but are backups. Um, you look at Bryce Benhart, you go, okay, he had a decent first year. Mm-hmm. Now let's see if he can make a huge jump into his second year where instead of just trying to tread water every game, he's actually starting to try and nominate and really handle guys. But when you're a rich freshman, trust me, I was there, you tread water every game and just trying to survive. And I thought he did a nice job of that. You look on the other side, you got Turner, who, again, yeah, Rutgers, he's a tremendous option. Piper, a guard, I'm excited about. And then. Uh, Mitch Schechterman's another guy I'm mm-hmm. really intrigued back to watch and see if he can step up and be that starter that we need at guard. And then Hickson obviously has a full year of starting as well and give him a chance to get rotation in there and get some competing. And then you've got the anchor in the middle and Cam Jurgens, who we all know is insanely talented and has I mean, incredible upside potential. But his biggest thing is can he keep his snaps in line? Mm-hmm. Um, as an offensive lineman, as a center especially, that's the number one question everyone's going to want to ask him. If he has any desire to go to the NFL, it's the number one question he's going to have to answer. 
And so I just think it's a good idea for him. And I think that, I mean, didn't have any air, knock on wood here in the spring game. And so hopefully that's something he's been able to put behind him and just continue focusing on his play. So do you expect more of a downhill power look from this offense, double tight? There was instances, Searles, where the pistol came out and, man, they ran well. And I think of the Purdue game. I think of the successful series they had against Minnesota. And then I also think about how they were able to just go to town uh, with that hammer against Rutgers. I mean, those are the three games. Minnesota didn't end well, obviously, but there was there were some glimpses. Uh, I know yeah, we've got the, the, the Lubick dynamic here more so because he's he is the OC now. I mean, at least mm-hmm. in title. Will he get to be in reality? Yeah, I think I think we're going to want to keep two tight ends on the field a lot this year strictly because Allen and Vokalek are two extremely talented. I mean, they have NFL low-round grades mm-hmm. on them. Um, so, I mean, they're NFL talent and prospects for sure. So, you want to keep those guys on the field as much as possible. And you can do some fun play-action stuff with tight ends, especially if you got two guys that can run and catch. I mean, you get in the red zone, Austin Allen obviously is going to be a huge target of, hey, I'm going to throw this to the goalpost, go catch it. <laughs> and he's going to be able to hopefully go up there and get it. And they can block well, too. So I do think I see a little more downhill, but at the same time, we're absolutely going to still see some of that RPO piece to it with getting Omar Manning the ball out there. I mean, he can be like the Stanley Morgan, right? You make one guy fall off a tackle and you get 15 yards before the safety can get over there. So I think that's another element that's going to come back. Um, I noticed I said screen pass and not swing pass um, because I think that's important. <laughs> So I think that those are all things that are still be staples, but I'd love to see more handicap handicap runs out of this offense, get back to truth, just get more stronger for better to do and stop it. Jeremiah Searles with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Searles, uh, a thought here on Adrian. He's grizzled vet. Uh, I know there's a lot of NIL stuff coming his way on top of his podcast. I think he's got uh, good enough head and shoulders to to, to handle all of that, but uh, – Pretty intriguing year for him. I think he can do some big things. I, I love his look uh, from the spring and beyond. He's got to be held, he's got to be helped out by the offense. He's also got to help out the team with the turnovers. But can can this year be uh, uh, the exclamation point for him? I sure hope so. I think it absolutely can be. I think a lot of it needs to get off to a fast start. I think he needs to have a couple of really good games at the beginning of the year to really boost his confidence and get back to his swagger and not no bad interceptions, sack mm-hmm. fumbles, like those type of things that just drag a guy's confidence down. I think he needs to be able to beat those and really get forward with, hey, some good passing touchdowns, some good runs, and just getting a rhythm and the operation of the offense going will do a lot for him throughout the entire year. I mean, I tell people all the time, because we're going to know from the word go against Illinois what we're going to get this year mm-hmm. um, from Adrian Martinez and really from this entire offense and defense and really Husker football team. You know, there's no warm-up game. It's a Big Ten game of a team that came and embarrassed you last year in Lincoln. Um, it's time to kind of see what you're all about. And if Adrian comes out and plays like he did two years ago against Illinois, great. He's going to be having a great year. So. I'm just I'm excited for him because he's been through a lot. Um, I'm excited for his NIL stuff. Very much deserved on his part. I do think he is smart enough. He can handle both, and he understands if I'm not the starting quarterback, I don't get NIL, so I need to play well to get NIL, and it's a very simple equation. <laughs> Jeremiah Searles with us uh, at Searles71 underscore HSKR on Twitter. Tee off for Treasures Saturday. Eagle uh, is where the Woodland Hills Golf Course is located. Your chance to donate, auction, Tyson'sTreasureChest.org. Last thought, Searles, couple minutes here, brother. Uh, you uh, mentioned you're building an agency. Tell me more about that, and congrats on it. 
Yeah, so I'm actually, for my career path, I'm becoming an NFL agent to help represent guys coming out of college into the NFL. Um, I get to take my exam from the NFLPA on August 5th of this year. We are supposed to take it last year, but COVID ruined everything. Surprise, surprise. And so I'm taking it this year, and I'm going to be recruiting and looking for guys to get a chance to help try and represent them the right way to give them a chance at the NFL really give them better opportunities and hopefully give them more opportunities because there's things that I learned early in my career that I wish I could have learned, early or learned later in my career that I wish I could have learned earlier. So I'm really excited about it. Zach Zenner, he played a running back in mm-hmm. South Dakota State, played for the Lions for five years, also joining our agency. So there's three of us. Chris Giddings is the main agent, 23 years in the business, who was my agent and Zach. So we'll launch our new uh partnership and stuff once we get certified here and just get rocking and rolling there we go Searles uh on the uh on the outlook here for uh for nfl talent and guys uh, i know that uh you have a good uh good set of eyes to judge the talent but the sound advice specifically with the the work you put in to 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 be as effective as you were in the nfl for as many years as you did so incredible perspective to offer out there Searles this is awesome man I will uh, make sure I, I bring lots of golf balls on Saturday <laughs> and excited to be a part of uh, Tee Off for Treasures again brother thanks for the time today absolutely don't forget the bush lights <laughs> gotta chip in on those it, they'll be cold Searles the uh, the cold bush latte so I heard this someone was talking to me about bush light apple who was having we're having this conversation the 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 great Schaefer wedding occurred Saturday Mike Schaefer recruiting beer to guru love him to death started with him at Hale Varsity and well Aaron Babcock you know and it was so cool to uh to see him happy with with Shelby and there's there's a lot of Coors original and in Bush Light in in the uh at the open bar Bless his soul for an open bar. But who was I talking to about Apple? Have you had it? No. And and listen, I'm I'm kind of uppity, but I don't really mean to be. Okay. Maybe this was a conversation at the swimming pool yesterday about Apple Bushlight. Is it good? No. No. Are you like if you could draft any beer? Are well, you like, picking Bush Light in the I, top I mean, two? I don't hate the the Reds Apple Ales and all those. Mm. The, the but the the Bush Light Apple tastes like somebody took like a green Jolly Rancher, the green apple, right. and just like stuck it in Zima there and, back and, and shook it up. It's college. it's not a good yeah. apple flavor. Well, Russ, Iowa Russ, I was golfing with Iowa Russ, and he's like, yeah, the uh, the the Apple Bush Light, it's okay to sip on, but don't get hammered on it. We'll wind down hour one. Chime in, 402-466-ESPN, or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me. Try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time this hour, Charlie McBride coming up next hour, Mondays with Charlie. We'll talk about the AD search next hour as well, what we're hearing, what we're thinking, where and when, Right. Who and when? What's the timeline look like for uh, Nebraska's next AD? Uh, are you going to move? Are you thinking about selling that house because it'll never be higher? Or maybe you're looking. Maybe you want to get into a different school district. Uh, maybe it's just time to, to either upsize or downsize. West Blue Realty, there for you. They specialize in residential home sales in Lincoln, 
and surrounding communities. They'll make that next move smooth for you. For a limited time, you mentioned Hale Varsity. West Blue can provide up to $1,000 on the closing of your next home purchase. Tom Luby, Kelly Hofschneider, two names to know. Give Tom a phone. Call right now at 402 540 3768 or give Kelly a shout 402-202-2312 it pays to work with West Blue westbluerealty.com they're at 1120 K Street Suite 200 in Lincoln if you're in town or you're headed this way for for some Husker good times uh, be sure to check out uh, West Blue Realty uh, Tom Luby, Kelly Hofsnyder, they'll get it done for you. So Athlon is out with their bowl projections. And uh, what do they say? <sighs> well, it's December 28th. It's not quite, you know, holiday bowl, December 28th. Sorry about that. That's Florida State and Washington. It's not the Fenway Bowl between Boston and Memphis. And it's not the Pinstripe Bowl with Virginia and Maryland. Or the Cheez-It Bowl with Notre Dame and Texas. Or even the Alamo Bowl between ASU, assuming they can play, and Okie State. No, Nebraska projected to be in the guarantee rate Bowl, December 28th, that is Nebraska, that is Kansas State. But hey, it's a bowl game, right? Nebraska makes a bowl game in 2021. That means six wins. Smile. Have some joy in your vi- your voice, Elijah. I mean, it's not the Detroit bring your... Bulletproof vest bowl game. <laughs> All right. It's not, you know, let's go to the, uh, let's go to Tijuana or what's the other border town by El Paso? Is that Tijuana? That's not Tijuana. No, Tijuana and San Diego. Juarez. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah. Juarez. Yeah, yeah. El Paso and Juarez. There were lots of stories about the 1980s, 80 extravaganza to the Sun Bowl. Uh, with Nebraska football. Well, at least it's not. I mean, it's the the Duke Mayo Bowl is one that I always just go like that. Just sounds like such a terrible. Bowl Give me to the play in. the Citrus slash Buffalo Wild Wings Bowl in Orlando. Oh yeah. oh yeah, let's go to Orlando and let me actually get like the ability to to do what they did in the Citrus old, the old uh, B Dubs commercials where you'd like uh, be able to flip the switch and make the game more exciting. Well, or, well, or let's be straight. You don't want a tense tight bowl game. Okay. <laughs> Well, if Nebraska's winning, then no. <laughs> well, right. That's what I mean. Uh, K-State would be good. little old-school flavor. Maybe uh, T.O. and Grandpa Bill can do the coin toss. But there you have it. It's going to happen. Athlon says the guarantee rate bull. Coach McBride's next to Tail Varsity. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to an hour two. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska. Nebraska Lottery, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbel. Excited to spend a few minutes here. It is a Monday. Monday with Charlie. Mr. Blackshirt, Charlie McBride joins us. Coach, how was the weekend? How's the weather up your way? 
Oh, it stinks. Oh, no. Hot or rainy uh, or both? It, it, well, it's been uh, overcast and on and off rain and windy and, you know, just been kind of, kind of, kind of cruddy, you know. <laughs> Th- not, thanks not, for not editing. A lot of people out, not, not a lot of people doing a whole lot on the lake. We, uh, I'm going to so. rub it in for two seconds. It was 81 and perfect yesterday, <laughs> like zero humidity, perfect day on the golf course, only lost two golf balls, if you believe me. And, uh, and cheating. <laughs> well, we're not going to talk about <laughs> the, the favorable lie part of the equation. Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, the golf gods got even with me on, on the green putting, you know, so... Sure, so that's what happens. You know, you you play and you think you're doing good, mm. and it's just a matter of time before it catches up with you. <laughs> yeah, I'd be better off with a, a blindfold and a cigarette with my putter in hand, but there it is. So I got to ask you here: we still don't have a, an athletic director named. I think there's probably been interviews going on. The search firm's been doing their thing, and you've got. Uh, You've got a lot of names out there, and and I, I know we we've talked. Yeah, we got a lot of names out there. I know we've talked to you about Ed Stewart before, and a guy that's just up the road that's name always comes up is is Trev Alberts, and I'd love to get your your take on Trev. And I know he's a guy that that played played and played well for you, especially in the midst of that transition to the four three. Give me your thoughts on Trev here, just as the person in the play. <laughs> well, you know, I, I don't have to tell you what kind of a football player he was. I mean, he was as good as there we ever had. I mean, it, you know, as far as that goes. But as far as, you know, as a person goes and a guy that's smart, uh, you know, and he gets along well with people, um, you know, and he, he, took, he took, when he went there, it was a little tough going for him, and he weathered the storm and, uh, with dropping football mm-hmm. and going in and and uh, and attacking hockey like he did, and uh, you know I think that that all worked out for him. I think you know it's a hockey's a big thing up there, and and he's done done great with it. Um, you know, and I he's run a good program. I know that there's some, you know, I know David Noonan and some of those people that were weight coaches up there. You know, said good things about him always and. He's a guy that was a um, people person. He's, um, you know, he's he's in touch with everybody, and he's he's done a great job as far as promoting um, athletics in in the Omaha area. Mm-hmm. And so it, uh, you know, he he's just the kind of you know he did a lot of TV stuff, you know, before with ESPN. Mm-hmm. He's got a good background as far as, you know, communication. And I think, you know, when you're an athletic director, that is huge. So, you know, he's got so many things. He's got a wife who's an attorney, so you better, you know, yeah. <laughs> probably gets a lot of good advice. Mm-hmm. That's funny. <laughs> but, but you know, he's 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 always been a guy that's, that's been very, one thing about him, he's a very thoughtful person. Um, you know, I mean, he, he, you know, when I remember when I retired, he, he gave me something that was probably something that, uh, that I'll cherish forever. It's just a little plaque and things like that. But, 
you know, it's it's right in the forefront, and um, uh, you know, it's he's just that kind of a person. You know, he's he he's grateful and he's he's thankful for you know people that have done things for him and at least helped him on his way. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much I did for him, but sure. you know, really in, encouraged him and 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 things like that. Uh, you know, he had a short career because he had a degenerating shoulder. Mm-hmm. And that didn't work out real good in pro ball, but you know, again, he was the first round draft choice, and he could do about everything. I mean, and the interesting thing is, he came from a small school in Iowa, you know, and very small. Um, and uh, you know, I remember John Melton coming in and say, and somebody said, uh, "Can I see some film?" He said, "You don't need to see any film; he can play." <laughs> so that was that was his answer to that one, and uh, and he could. So uh, you know, and John was a great great uh, uh, at at picking out players and at you know able to tell whether players could play or not. And a lot of times, you know, I mean, we'd go out and we'd make a mistake, and you know, and of course John would always <laughs> would always give it to us if we made a real bad one. You know, at times, sure. but that, that was that wasn't the case. You know, all the time. But he, you know, he was very adamant about his playing ability out of out of high school. Yeah. And um, when he came, you know, his character is, you know, above reproach. I mean, he's he's a very very thoughtful person, that, and that's what I think is important. I really think that uh, you know that those things are the important things that. You have to be able to do. You have to be able to communicate on both sides of the fence with the faculty, with the fans, with the players in all sports. And you have to show your interest. And he's, you know, he he grades A plus in that stuff. Charlie McBride's with us Mondays with Charlie Hale Varsity Radio. Did you ever talk with Trev about the decision? Did it ever come up? And I don't know how often you guys talk, but if if he's the guy they go with. And this is, I liken this to a, a family reunion when it comes to mm-hmm. all the all the different factions that have their guy they want in that chair. No one's agreed. Yeah. Okay. And and that's just kind of my out my outside read, right? Family reunions can be right. either great or terrible, but they're one of the two. Uh, and right. and. With with Trev, I mean, did did that ever come up with you guys about because people are still fairly or unfairly ticked at him about football, and that's you know that's just some vocal minority perhaps right, but you've got the football decision and then the wrestling decision, and and that's that's years ago, and he's been doing the job for 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 a decade, and he's he's been able to make money at that place with Division One basketball and hockey, so. Uh, it really wasn't even his call. I mean, it was UNO who said, look, we need to right. figure things out financially I, with the athletic department. So has that come up with you guys at all? Well, the only, the only thing I know is I, I see it from the outside and the fact that one of the things you always know about it is the, is the financial end of it and what you can afford and can't afford. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can, you can say we're going to do this program and not have the money for it, and the program's not going to be very good. You know, I mean, and so you have to really pick and choose, and you have, and and your environment around you is what's going to make those decisions. Because, and financial, financially, it's, uh, you know, it's one of those things. And I think that they 
they've gone through some changes. Like up here, I, I'm close to Western Michigan, and they've made a lot of a lot of changes, but they've all been the right ones. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, it's uh, you know, it's it's just it, it's so much that is, is that what we can afford to do, and and you don't want to slight the coaches' salaries, and you don't you know you have so many things to think about. You know how much is equipment going to cost us every year, and things like that. So, it's not just you know. It, uh, a lot of times, if you, you drop a sport or pick up a sport or, or whatever, mm-hmm. it, there's a good reason for it in all cases. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you don't if you don't pay attention to what's around it, and you're adding or subtracting programs, then you're probably not going to have very good overall program because you got to look at the overall picture when you're the athletic director coach uh, charlie mcbride's with us mondays with charlie charlie uh coach you, you look at, at the politics of the job and is that daunting to think about just the, yeah. the different people you got to please <laughs> I know uh, yeah, that 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 you know, it, it, when you have a search committee too, that sometimes that can be that can be good or bad. I don't, you know, I don't know. I know I took a class so that I could be on a committee, uh, you know, a search committee at, at some time, but I never was. Uh, I had I had retired before any of that kind of stuff happened, but. You know, I know that Tony Samuel. I talked to him, and and it's a stressful thing. I mean, it's a it's not an easy thing to to to, to pick somebody because everybody's got a feeling about a different aspect of a person sometimes, and you know it can you know it can it can hurt you sometimes. It can mm-hmm. and hurt that person. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but I think if you work together. As a committee, I think you know I, I don't I don't know, I don't remember exactly an athletic department committee. I I, I think maybe there was one when we had um, we were changing. I think in girls basketball and some of those there might have been there might have been some small committees within, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm not I'm not sure. And it, and I just noticed that they have a search committee now, and I don't know what it entails. Mm-hmm. You know, it may entail two people. I don't know. It may entail twenty. Sure. And of course, if you get twenty, you got twenty different recommendations, and and that turns into, you know, are you really going to get the right person? Mm-hmm. And um, but I think when you're talking about Eddie or you know, or any of those, any of the guys that are in the past and that I know. I don't know anybody that they've brought up names that wouldn't qualify. Sure. You know, I mean, because they know the lay of the land, and I think in Nebraska that's important. Um, you know, I uh, I had to learn, you know, a little bit, and uh, I was fortunate. You know, Cleet Fisher was a pretty good teacher, and, uh, you know, as far as the, the you know the the culture of the of the of the of the school mm-hmm. and the culture of the, the faculty and, and things like that, it was you know pretty pretty. I was pretty lucky to have people like that around that you know grew up here, were here, played here, you know, and did all those things and and really knew the the, the whole state, not just 
Omaha and Lincoln or something mm-hmm. like that. They they knew the you know the ranching and farming communities and the things like that 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 were important. And then, and as it ended up, they went on and had jobs after they played. It, it entailed knowing the community. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as far as the program goes. Charlie. So, you know, that, and, and you have to have somebody here that can bring people in that are going to be, you know, will fit, will fit the, the thing. Now, there's been a few ADs I thought would really fit, and it didn't turn out that way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but here or there, that that's history, but... Uh, so I think that, the, the, like I said, that the things that maybe that happened in the past with people that were associated with the university, I think that, you know, this is a family atmosphere, a family deal, and and both of those guys that I know that, that have names have, been, have come up mm-hmm. fit. Sure. So you know you could have a pretty good argument in a, in, a, in a meeting with a bunch of people, you know, doing it. Uh, I think a lot of it, it also depends on what's happening in their family. I know that Trev, for example, his wife is a pretty well established attorney. I think, and uh, uh-huh. I think, I mean, I could be wrong, but I know she's an attorney, and and is with a firm in in Omaha. And does that work, or mm-hmm. does that? what happens there and things like that as far as her family's concerned. So there's a, there's a whole bunch of things that, you know, that a committee has to look at and talk about and have that person talk about it. Um, Trev is a guy that I don't think is going to push. He may, he may want, this may be the, he may really want this job bad. But he's not going to be the kind of person that's going around and 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 sell him, push himself. He's going to let things that he's done either sell it or not sell it. Mm-hmm. And then, and he, of course, he'll let him let people know what he feels. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, what he thinks about it and what the things are that have to be done. Uh, I'm sure that he's been around enough to hear and see and knows enough people around to know some of the things that maybe weren't done before that have to be done now or whatever. But um, communication is a huge thing now. I mean, uh, you know, and you have, you have the press, you have all kinds of things, probably a little more to deal with than you did in the past. I mean, in the past 20 years or sure. so. And when I started out, there were maybe, what, eight, ten guys at the most at a press conference. Now there's now 85. Press, what, 30 or 40? <laughs> you know. There's a lot so, of us. <laughs> you, know, you at least know who you're talking to when, in the old days. Nowadays, sure. you don't know what, you're, what whatever you say could be turned into anything, you know. And so mm-hmm. it takes a special person to kind of be able to guide their way through that stuff. Charlie McBride's with us. Coach, we'll, we'll hurry up and wait and see where we're at uh, next Monday. How's that sound? <laughs> That's right. That's what I mean it happens. But, I mean, sometimes you wait long enough, you get the best one. Sometimes you jump on something too quick, and, mm-hmm. you know, it's not as good. So sure. I'm sure that they'll make the right decision, though. I, you know, this is the kind of place that, you know, the guys will really want to want to work at. Coach, you know, it, won't be, it won't be us selling, selling the program. Right. I mean, it's sold. And so... 
uh, you know, that's not going to be a problem. I think if you get somebody that, you know, that really cares about the school and cares about, you know, the future of it, mm-hmm. and that's what you always are working for is the future. Coach, thanks again. Good insight, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll send some better weather your way. Thanks for the time. Hey, do that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Take well, care, I'll Coach. I'll talk to you next week. Sounds okay. good. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Bye now. And we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Back a little tardy, my fault there, but thanks for spending time at Tail Bar City, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Good stuff from Charlie McBride. His thoughts, a uh, name that uh, is out there for the AD, is now we're into to week three and beyond, post the moose. Um, Charlie McBride uh, weighed in on, on Ed Stewart uh, when, when Ed's name came up for Lars Anderson a few weeks back, and uh, Mr. Blackshirt also some thoughts on another man he coached, and that's Trev Alberts. And, um, you know, you, you have lots of different factions. And I said family reunion, right? Well, there, there, are, there are several different factions. Think about this politically with the AD job, okay? You have, you have your, your former players, and you had a, a, an article uh, in the Journal Star over the weekend on you know from the Letterman and and those are guys who are part of the program that 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 care and and love Nebraska football because they played for it they sweated for it they bled for it they they care a ton about the football program and they want to know you know who's who's interviewed and give me some transparency here let's go let's go through it that was from Georgia Chola of uh, the Nebraska Football Letterman's Association. You know, what's the makeup like for this this search committee? You've got both papers, Journal Star and Omaha World Herald, with with commentary on you know where 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 are things at? And 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 you hear names and you don't hear some names as much anymore. But and listen, I'm not <laughs> This is this is what comes to my mind, right? Because I, I love mafia flicks and TV shows, and I think of the five families, and you're trying to you're trying to bring in a new Don, right? And and you don't want to go about it the way John Gotti went about it. You you just don't. And maybe that's what happened. Maybe there was a hit put out on Old Moose, but he got paid to go away. <laughs> we'll just never know. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I don't like that that comparing the athletic department to a mafia works no, I, as well. I, no, I'm but saying it, it, I'm it, saying there's five families. Yeah. And all five families, and I'm talking about you got you got, you got people within the administration now, you've got boosters, you have former players, and then you have the people, i.e. football, within the walls. They all want their own guy or gal. No, okay? I, and, and, I, and that's and if you're with the, the Colombo family you 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 may like the guy with the Bonanno family, but man, he can't lead. Okay, <laughs> better watch his back. He's got an ugly guma. Okay, I mean, okay, that's I'm I'm thinking this this is why you're Ronnie and you say, brother, I'm getting emails and everyone's got to take and it's my call. Maybe maybe Teddy gets involved. The president, I don't know. Okay, and. 
here's search firm, here's some money, please pick pick me out a winner, Bobby, okay? Or, or at least bring the proper proper names to the table. Is that name John Cook? Is that name Trev Alberts? Is that name Garth Glissman? We smiled as loud as we could when we heard when we saw Parker put put Garth's name in 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 mentions. Is that name Matt Davis? Is that name Ed Stewart? Is that name Garrett Classy? Have I already said Trev Alberts forty eight times in the first hour and a half of the show? Right. And is this thing about to get done or is this thing miles away? The point here. Or, or, or is this just another Ed Stewart? Is this just the, the people on Twitter going, ah, we, we got our guy. This is it. We're, we're just going to get excited. They're, they're, be disappointed they're, they're, they're either at the finish line or they are crawling to the finish line with this search. Okay. And the, 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 the mafia painting, and listen, they are not the mafia. They're, they're, they're good folks. I mean that. I'm just saying if you're a fan of, of mafia lore, think about the five families choosing a new Don. And that's, that's what I was saying earlier. Was I was saying like... And everyone's got, it, everyone's got their candidate. It's like, I, I, don't, I don't like the mafia comparison, but it works really, really okay. well in this case. And, and quite honestly, you have so many cooks trying to put the perfect recipe, okay, together that you've got some national guys like Jamie Pollard. New. I think, I don't want to say they're stuck going internally or locally, but I think any big name outside guy or gal is looking at this like Pollard and going, man, there's a lot of voices in here. Um, I can take this gig. It's still prestigious. It still makes a ton of money. It's in the Big Ten. You've got baseball that's killing it. Volleyball's the best there is. Basketball is going to turn a corner, we all believe, with, with the mayor. And then there's football. What's football going to be? Oh, by the way, everyone's freaking out about year four being make or break. And it could be a really good make, or it could be just another, all right, where's the progress at? And then the elephant being, well, do you, do you have to make a decision on Coach Frost here? And my answer is no, because there's $25 million still left on the bar tab. Okay, as bad as this year could get, no, because it's 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 a insane discussion to have with that buyout. It just, I mean, you got to win. You got to be better, obviously. Yeah, I mean the the twenty five mil it's still left would equal the buyout of Pelini and Riley together. I believe. Uh, yes, yes, and and you had to pay it to get him, and there still could be some greatness there. There again, rebuild. Okay. So we'll see. If I'm looking at this, I, I think John Cook is uber talented. I think John Cook's a ball coach. I think John Cook's a guy that wants to go win a couple more titles and then head off into the Wild West. Okay. Not that he can't do it. I don't know that he wants to do it. And I could be just way the hell off. I don't know Coach Cook very well at all, if at all. I just know of and I respect incredibly what he is and what he does. So he's a guy I'd absolutely call. Hey, bro, can you help us out here? <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're between a rock and a hard place here. <laughs> can you help us out here? Um, personally, selfishly, my phone calls to Garth Glissman because Garth Glissman's A, one of the smartest dudes I know, B, has played Division One sports, C, gets politics, D, is 
getting promotion after promotion in the NBA. So, no, he's not ran an athletic department, but he's done something a little higher, quite frankly, and that's navigate the NBA, the National Basketball Association, with Commissioner Silver. And, I mean, he did the whole bubble thing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that was when, no when, small feat to move all the NBA to Disney World and keep them in a bubble for two months. Yeah, I mean it, while it's not popular, it sure as hell worked and saved your TV money. Yep, uh, and getting that coordinated and pulled off, I'm gonna you know uh, Adam Silver will get the credit. I'm going to circle Garth Glissman on that one on my bingo card. Director of basketball operations. That sounds like basketball operations to me. Yeah, and th- while that is not head coach Division One or G five sitting AD or 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 Power Five AD. Garth is young. He's Nebraskan. He gets it. He's my he's my draft pick. And again, it's selfish. It's absolutely selfish because four years ago we're calling games. Five years ago we're calling games. Four years ago he's taking a team to to state tournament semifinals, Parkview Christian, right? So there's Garth. And, and if if Trev's the name that emerges here, um. Trev has a history. There, there are many around the state that, that will never forgive or forget wrestling and football that we talked about with Coach McBride. But that is a hard, hard, hard call. It's head versus heart. The last thing a guy wants to do who grew up playing football and loving football is get rid of football. Not his call, but he had to be the messenger. Wrestling, and I know people out there that love wrestling, and I'm I'm with you. I respect the heck out of it, and to 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 get rid of wrestling, not just get rid of, but the way it went down, not not good. But that's not something that I think would be repeated, as in form of communication. I mean, Trev's made hard calls. And the, the absolute elephant in the room here, if we jump in the DeLorean and, and go back to the future, is there a hard call that's going to have to be, ma- be made in three to five years here with this football team? And the last part of this, what's, what's going well? Basketball, men's and I mean, women's basketball, you've got a, a fighter and a hell of a coach in, in Coach Williams. Volleyball's knocking on a championship door. Baseball just brought in big game Rob along with, with Will Bolt. Basketball is recruiting the hell out of the, the, the world, let alone the, 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 the top 100 ESPN rivals, whatever. So you've got football. So whoever this AD is has to come in and figure out what is ailing football and help football fix football. That's, that's, that's what this hire's got to be able to do. Everything else is, you know, could be better in some areas, yeah, but it's, it's thriving in, in certain other sports. What's not, what pays the bills is not where it needs to be. So can this next AD help get it there this season, next season, beyond one way or the other. Well, I mean, when you when you look, the, the points you're making in baseball with the addition of Childress is now on paper the best coaching staff in the Big Ten in baseball. Uh, volleyball, I would say Midwest. Yeah, I mean, volleyball with Coach Cook, best coaching staff in volleyball in the Big Ten, arguably the Midwest got, as well. And you got Hildebrand, that's a killer. And then you got Hoiberg with his credentials. I know we haven't seen it all thrown together yet, but his uh, who is that coach you just brought in? Uh, starts with an L. Um, What's the new recruiting director? 
Um, oh, yeah, uh, Len- Lenzer, something, something yeah, like that. Yeah. He brought him in. No, he's a, he's a development specialist. Development specialist with an NBA team. I mean, that's got potential to be one of the better coaching staffs in basketball in the Big Ten. So, what do you have in football? I mean, you're 100 percent right. You got, it, the, it, you got the same party that's here that is recruited well, that has had attrition, that's in a murderous league, that has lost close ball games more by their own hand versus somebody else's i.e. you're either getting out coached or your guys aren't executing and then there's some gray area i mean and it's the pretty much the exact same coaching staff that was here four years ago so that the staff that he brought in and what kind of success have we seen not that much you haven't seen that much but you can you can look in the mirror and also say maybe they're not that far away so we'll continue this discussion uh, a little mma on the way too We're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Always enjoy emails from Kent. Kent makes me laugh. Kent has solid takes. And, um, well, this is a bit, how do I put this delicately, sarcastic. He's piling on me, and and by the way, Rip, Mr. Wonderful, the wrestling legend, gets piling on me here off the uh, email line, Chris at HaleVarsity.com, St- steel chairs in each hand, top rope, letting me know when I talk about football being close, could be close. Kent says, well, for sure, opponent clapping has held football back for, for sure. That's issue number one, the clap. <laughs> Don't say it like that. <laughs> Issue number two, lightning and wind, weather in general. Mother Nature, the clap in Mother Nature has kept Nebraska from a trip to Indy. And those are the two things my parents warned me about growing up, the clap in Mother Nature. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just sit out. We got to have that talk. <laughs> <laughs> the clap in Mother Nature. <laughs> oh, man. So, okay, we dove in. I'm not the biggest um, UFC guy ever, but I couldn't help but not be mesmerized on uh, on Twitter with Conor McGregor and, and how he had a, a gruesome break, no doubt a jock doc for Wednesday, Oh, that'd be that'd be great. We're, we're going to because but Connor was was in L.A. and had a rod put in, but this was gruesome because it was like the lower leg break. I mean, it almost looked like Alex Smith esque, mm-hmm. right? Where your foot's turned over and pointed to the northwest or the northeast. Well, what's crazy is this, on your leg. This is the second leg break we've had in UFC in the past three months. Is there was an even worse one? Uh, if you go back, it was the Uriah Hall fight against uh, Chris Weidman, and Chris Weidman absolutely so did he, snapped did, his leg in the right. So, with Poirier, tell me this: I didn't watch it. Mm-hmm. You're the ex- you're the expert on this. So, did Poirier get him on that shin bone region once? earlier in the fight and then snap when Connor tried to kick so, or just do this math for me. How did it happen? So there's the, the armchair doctor sitting at home 
who uh, have tried to diagnose this. And I've also seen some actual doctors do some mini breakdowns on YouTube. And uh, the, the way it appears to happen is a few seconds before it actually fully snaps, he, uh, he goes for this front kick on Poirier, and his shin goes right into Poirier's elbow, which he put so, down Oh, 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 oh. So, the el- so like, lower elbow bone so the, on the shin. That, on the shin that, bone. that would suck. And then what happens is is it's not, like, fully broken because there's the two bones in, mm-hmm. the, in the shin area. But it's beat to hell. So, it, it, to me, it looked like you had one of them break, and then as soon as he came back and put that leg back down, and then he tried to throw a punch right after that, that whenever he put the full weight down into it, it snapped the rest of the way, and it oh. snapped that other leg bone, which... Um, if you remember Cole Beasley in the playoffs, yes. he, he had broken one of the bones in his leg. So it's like it's not like it's a one of those things where it's a, a, you can't do sports anymore. I mean, it's obviously going to cause a lot of pain. But he was trying to to fight through that. But then as soon as he tried to throw a, throw a punch and plant his foot into the ground and it, it the, the weight of your body and then getting in position to to strike is what did it in. So how about Joe Rogan? <laughs> he earned his paycheck. No, I know. And I saw that tweet on, on Barstool, and Rogan's there sitting down, arm around Connor. And listen, this is not to, to pile on a guy with a thick accent. I, I happen to enjoy thick accents. But, brother, I thought I was watching the movie Snatch, all right, with, with Brad Pitt's performance. And it it was... <laughs> I, I I had to listen back to it and then decipher... About Poirier, his wife is is in Connor's DMs, and then you hear the the, the booze, and then you hear him like cut away from from Connor and, and Rogan, and he's like, "Well, bleep you!" I mean, just it was hilarious. <laughs> I mean, what a what a poor sport. And then Poirier's being held back from going and like finish. I mean, legit like finishing him. I mean, did you see the picture uh, someone took in like the arena? Four, five, four or five guys holding him back while, while Connor's, there's Rogan, there's Connor, and then he's, you know, wheeled out eventually. And did, there, did you see the picture of uh, Poirier's wife flipping off Connor after he said, the, your wife's in my DMs? No. <laughs> so she's sitting there flipping him off. Dustin's being held back, and Connor's just sitting down next to Joe Rogan, Joe's arm around Connor, and they're just doing this. I've never seen anything like that from Connor McGregor. And I, I've been a Connor McGregor fan, and. Uh, Topic for a different day is the fact that he's fighting in the wrong weight class now. He needs to go back down. He, he tried to be a big, strong man and go up to a different weight class. Now it's a mistake. Um, but did he have any competition in the lower class? Uh, yes and no. It, it, it's it's complicated. Okay. So it was with the the Mayweather fight. After that one is whenever he stepped up and decided to go. Mm-hmm. And he said he felt more comfortable there. Um, but I've never seen Connor is usually like the the smart trash talker who gets under your skin. And so every, he's like a Rodman. Trip, yeah. trip, 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 trip. And ever since he lost to Khabib and got, like, what he tried to do, he tried to, like, fight the team bus or it was something crazy. I can't even remember at this point. Well, But he, yeah. he's done a lot of crazy things since then. And that was the first time where I've seen him, like, this is not, like, cool, calm, collected trash talking, Connor. This is, like, like actually mad, pissed off at the world, Conor McGregor. Yeah, yeah. I, I had I'm never mad seen I that I lost before. and I'm just opening flamethrowers on everybody. I mean, and, and he, he took some mean elbows in that, so maybe he's a little punch drunk, too, from, like, just getting punched in the face so much. How long but. was he? I mean, I saw just a, a little bit of it. Was it was it two minutes with Rogan? Was it longer? What was what was the, the oh, dude, his legs going the wrong direction were stopping the fight, and then the interview, and here comes the ambulance. What was that timeline like? So... 
Connor broke his leg, went down. They didn't. Is that second round? That was and right at the end of the first round. Okay, okay. So the referee didn't see that Connor had broken his leg, and Dustin comes down and gets a couple punches in before the end of the round. And then the round ends, and Connor like points at his leg and says, "My leg is broken." Like, we can't do this. <laughs> Not only is it broken, but it's like, I mean, the, the still photo of right foot, left leg, toes pointing upside down the other direction, and then the look of, oh my God, on his face, mm-hmm. where he's still there. He didn't just fall, fall like a house of cards. I couldn't imagine what I'd do if I had like something like that. i scream if I get a hangnail, so I'm a wuss. So Connor didn't move from that side of the cage. And they go to the middle and they announce. And they, while they're waiting to announce the winner, which is probably a good two, three minutes, Connor's yelling from the set, it was a doctor's stoppage. Because he, he wanted to make sure it wasn't a, he didn't lose by he knockout. Lose, he right. wanted to make sure it was a doctor's going? How was the fight going until that? Oh, Poirier was winning. Okay. So Connor had a good first like 90 seconds and then he got taken down to the ground and Poirier was just pouring it on on the ground. Like it, it was not hard to watch, but like Connor was getting his, 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 can I say that? No. No, we got we to pick our <laughs> spots. It was getting handed to him. Yeah, he's getting it handed to him. And uh, so then two, three minutes, he's yelling, and then they do the winners. So it's probably five minutes after the actual leg break where Rogan finally got over there and started talking to him. <laughs> he, and that's genius because he can't go anywhere. <laughs> I mean, it's not like he can just, no, no press. He, he's, he's there. There's an air cast on. I assume there was an air cast by then. It wasn't just flopping around off to the side. It wasn't an air cast. It was like a, a normal splint type okay. thing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So they, they reset it. But uh, did you see the guy who uh, knocked out Greg Hardy was drinking beer from his shoes? I saw that. He was like getting shoes from audience members and chugging beer after he beat Greg Hardy. That is a bit dangerous. I wonder if he took that splint from Connor and was... No. <laughs> horrible. We'll wind down a Monday. Tomorrow on the show, we are loaded up. Mitch Sherman, Jabba Chamberlain going to join us. Talk Rob Childress. Uh, good stuff today. We'll wind down a Monday. Hail Varsity. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time. So once in a while, I'll check out Facebook before I jump back on. And there's this brand of clothing and Nate emails in. What's up with the weather guy? <laughs> we were thinking the same thing. <laughs> Nate, God love you for listening. Um, it really is Mr. Hat from South Park, right? I mean, we've never seen them in the same spot twice. What's the guy's name? What's Mr. Hat's real name? I've looked this up before, and I've forgotten. But can we can we hear Mr. Hat again? This, this threw me off guard here, because I was going to ask you. Uh, Herbert Garrison is the is the man who has the puppet. Yeah. No, okay, Mr. Garrison, but but the guy's name doing the weather. Oh, uh, the, the alias, the alias of Herbert Garrison. This is. Can we replay him? Yeah, we, yeah, we can. Of course, we can. Just just a snippet. Uh, just, just real quick. So my question is, do we do we all chip in and get Cranack a get well gift? A, a run the damn ball hat? Ooh. Now, the problem is it's either in, in uh, navy or Carolina blue. And I like Carolina blue, but it's not the red Cranack's a custom wear on Saturdays. What, what would bring out his eyes? That's the real question. Vodka. <laughs> <laughs> I, got the, I got the weather report pulled up. Okay. You want to hear it? 
I'm weatherology, meteorologist Derek Dolman with your... Okay. Derek, i.e. Mr. Garrison. There you go. I don't know, Nate, is the short answer. That, that's, that, that's a unique voice, right? That's where we're going. Uh, yes. So tomorrow on the show, Jabba Chamberlain going to be with us. Uh, get his take on Rob Childress. Rob, uh, of course, uh, co-head coach when Jabba was at Nebraska. And uh, Jabba, phenomenal career in, in Lincoln and, of course, uh, with the Yanks. And we'll talk to Jabba about Rob back in Lincoln. You want to check out Jeremiah Searles, obviously, tee off for Treasures, t- t- Tyson's Treasure Chest uh, Golf Tournament, the 8th Annual at Woodland Hills Saturday. It's sold out, but your chance to to uh, for sure donate uh, to Tyson's Treasure Chest. Charlie McBride, incredible. The name uh, Trev Alberts getting more steam in the AD race. What did uh, Coach McBride think of Trev? Reminder to buckle up. 70% of people in fatal crashes in Nebraska not wearing a seatbelt. If used properly, a seatbelt can and will reduce risk of fatal injury up to 60%. Your best defense in any crash, buckling up. Brought to you by the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. We are at Haymarket Park Thursday. Junior's baseball team has a doubleheader. The Lincoln Ace take Haymarket. So we'll be on site there Thursday. It's open to the public. That is going to be fun to see Junior stand in the box and hopefully not take a called strike three. And it'll be a good time on the road weekend edition Saturday down at Woodland Hills for tee off for Treasures. Elijah, busy night for you. We did. I, I, I do believe I'm now up two to one in the stake in the beer bet that you are that you are uh i thought i was gonna be here working a salt dogs game but then old ryan swanigan showed up uh-huh. and, and i guess he's, he's working the salt dogs game tonight, so i guess i'll be watching the home run derby okay well uh pick a horse and choose wisely pete alonzo back to back going with with big old pete all right get the podcast give us a review good better ugly tell us what you think spotify google play or itunes for hail varsity radio talk to you tomorrow at four thanks